For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Herb Tell. So you might have heard tell that uh, sports season is back. Fall is just one of the best seasons for sports. All four of the major sports in America are all going at once. The NHL is back. NBA basketball has started up. The Major League Baseball is finishing up with its World Series. And the king of the sports mountain in America, the National Football League, is in full swing. Which also means that sports stories are starting to bleed over into the culture and politic realm once again. We've had all kinds of scandals, controversies, and hot topics, social issues, and political issues from the sports world once again crossing over into the world of politics and culture. Now, this isn't anything new. We do this all the time. And in fact, when you go back and look through history, like we're going to talk about with our guest Josh Buckhalter today, it's always been that way. But some of these recent things are really spilling over. With social media age, everything's political all the time because people that are very political are on social media and everything they see is through a political lens. Same thing with a cultural lens. People that have a lot of cultural issues and those are the most important things to them, everything's through a cultural issue. Sports is one of those places where all those things tend to collide for a whole lot of reasons. And we're going to delve into that with Josh Buckhalter. He's a great insight and a good guy. He's the host of Triple Zero's podcast. He does beat writing about the Chicago sports teams. He's got really keen insights and he doesn't get into some of the more annoying. In fact, he jokes about he's the non-hot take guy. But we want to talk to him about how some of these cultural issues and political issues have started to stream out. The NFL being the king of the mountain, they've had a lot of scandal lately. The John Gruden email things, and that's brought up some more things about things like race and corruption and power structures. The NFL is the most popular, not just sport, it's one of the most popular TV shows in the country. How has that changed people's perspective? How social media changed how we consume sports? How has gambling being legalized changed sports? Also going to talk about an NBA story where Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets has decided to make an issue out of the vaccination mandates because he is in the state of New York. We're going to talk to Josh about that. Culture and politics colliding with sports is nothing new, but it is something we need to deal with because once again we see that people are people and social media means we get to talk about anything we want all the time. And sports has usually been a medium where we can kind of talk about some of those things, but it's also a medium where folks tend to lose their mind really easily. Remember, we call them fans because it's short for fanatics. And whether it's a sports fan or a culture issue fan or a political fan, people can get nuts out there. So let's talk about it with Josh Buckhalter on this edition of Her Tell right now. Let's talk a little crossover between sports and culture and politics with our friend Josh Buckhalter. He is the host of the Triple Zero podcast. He does a lot of beat writing. Josh, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How about yourself? Uh, not too bad at all. Excited to talk a little sports, and I'd like to say I could get away from culture and politics, but the fact of the matter is, and you cover sports, there, there just doesn't really seem to be as any such thing anymore, especially with a lot of the current headlines we're seeing, is there? Well, you know what? To be honest with you, there never really was. Um, you can go back to the 30s with Jesse Owens at the Olympics, and you know, sports and politics have intertwined for forever. So I always find that argument to be a little bit, maybe short-sighted, but almost disingenuous because we know that, you know, it's, it's in history. We, we celebrate it, you know, the, 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 uh, the Olympics with Jesse Owens in front of Hitler. Like that was a, that's a big thing in, in your social studies class. So when people say that, I'm like, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, it, why is that? Is it the current, it, I, I understand we have media saturation now with social media. Social media has changed how we take in sports and politics, but it's also it's just how we communicate now. People have way more information than they've ever had before. 
that's really permeated into sports where it's, you know, you can have sports 20, you know, we, I'm of the age you grew up ESPN and you get sports center every morning. And that was kind of your sports for the day. You can have sports 24 hours a day and it really changes how you just intake sports and intake everything else. Doesn't it? Yeah, no. And you nailed it. Um, with the, the technology today, information at your fingertips at all times. So if you want to know it, you can find out whenever. So it's not even a matter of, you know, 24 seven it's on demand. And we fill a lot of our time, you know, my, my brother's a truck driver and he always tells me how he sees everybody on their phones while they're driving. So we're always taking this in and like it or not, you're being influenced by what you see. And so when you hear enough people say that, you know, now we're having it blended so much more than it used to be, some part of you holds on to that. And then at some point it comes back out and you just regurgitate it. And it's just not the case. You know what I mean? And part of it is because we hear so many different viewpoints from everybody nowadays that the the original message gets lost so i guess people find it from different people different perspectives and they think that it's something new when really they're batting around the same idea half-heartedly because no one's really having that discussion anymore that the, at the the heart of the matter you know we find that you know i come from the writing world into media of doing culture and politics uh you come kind of at a beat writer kind of a perspective of sports uh, how much of this is, you know, it, in media and in sports media, it's just like culture and politics media. There's a lot of aggregation. There's a lot of regurgitation. What, what's some of the things you do to try to cut through? Because it does seem like a lot of people just say the same thing over and over again, especially if we get an issue in sports that kind of crosses over into the wider culture. How do you go about it? How do you kind of dig into like, okay, here's how I'm going to get past the noise and get to the actual issue involved? Because there is so much of that aggregation and just repeating of, this reporter reporting on what this reporter said of what this reporter said of what this reporter said and this sort of thing. So I, I will not write about something that I'm, I have not like, witnessed. If I didn't watch the game, I'm not going to tell you what happened in the game. Um, what a concept. To that end, right, I, it's, it's novel. Um, <laughs> to that end, though, I also try to think about how I'm going to talk about it ahead of time. But then when, when everything's concluded, when, when there's that flood of, 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 of stories after the game, I'm not going to touch those. I'm not going to look at them until afterwards. I don't want my thoughts to be changed by them. I don't want to, I don't want to be influenced by what they say. After the fact, it's always fun to go back and read them and see what they said that was similar to what I was thinking. You know, confirmation is always, you know, it's a drug basically, but I'm never going into it trying to find out what somebody's because just because I don't want to be persuaded in that way because we're getting listen, as a as a as a as a whole, despite the print being a dying medium, people are really good at it. So yeah. You read stuff that's designed to make you feel a certain way. That's what my job is to make you feel a certain type of way or, or to influence you to see things through my my perspective. So if I did that before I wrote my story, there's no doubt that in some way, shape, or form, even if it's just some minor detail, it's going to be influenced by what they say. It happens just by scrolling through Twitter. So it's unavoidable if you're going to read something in depth. And and we know with sports, like politics or culture or whatever else you want to do. Affirmation bias is a big thing, especially when you start dealing with sports fans, because they're very invested in their teams, they're invested in their stars. When you sit down to write or when you sit down to do a podcast, the the audience that we have in sports medium and media in general now is you're dealing with folks that, you know, they have that freedom of information that they're only going to intake what they want to intake and they can find what they want to hear. How does that affect you when you go to present a story or when you go to present an issue from a sports perspective? Because it's on everybody's mind because we do it, too. We're humans, even though we're the ones kind of behind the mics. We do it, too. It's, it's very easy to just feed yourself what you want to hear. How do you approach the fact that your audience is always like that now with the way social media is? So the old trick, you know, you don't bear the lead, right? You come out with the juiciest part first so that they want to read the rest of it. You give them just enough to make sure that they have to get to the body. Once you get to the body, you're probably going to finish. My goal is to get you to keep on going. And then when we get to the bottom, we have uh, for, for my, the, the beat that I cover for the Hawks. Um, every article has a link to the next article in that little box to click the link. I want to put the best caption that's going to get you to click that link. So I'm writing it to make you do that. I'm trying not to be influenced myself, but I'm definitely approaching it with the, with the intent of not necessarily trying to uh, uh, change your mind, but open it more to what I'm saying. If you don't already agree. Now I do try to know what or or no, not know, but guess have an understanding of what the fan base might want to hear or how they might want to see something presented because there's often times where I got to say something that's negative despite the fact that the team is doing well overall and they're like oh why are you focused on that but you got to talk about down the road this 
this guy getting into foul trouble might get in trouble, you know, might, might cause the team problems. Um, uh, this injury here wasn't big against this team, but it will be against that team. But you can't tell them that coming off a big win unless you present it in a way like, hey, this was great. And then you, in, inside of that, you bury, not bury, but you, you kind of let them know, watch out for this, though. You know, look out for these trends as well. So it's 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 a, a delicate dance. But to say that I didn't go into it trying to entice you to want to read more would be just uh, would be a lie flat out to be honest with yeah. you. What's the old joke of, you know, whether a, a beat reporter or a like a college small town reporter is any good or not, is whether he's willing to actually criticize the local team. Um, that sort yes. of thing. Yes. <laughs> um, there, there's an integrity part to it. But th- do you think sport, even though we're a part of it, like, you know, I was just joking a minute ago, like when I was growing up, it was you watched ESPN in the morning and that was your sports for the day. Now you get a point. Do we really have a good handle on just how fast? the social media has changed how we consume something like sports. I know it has in politics. We can see that real clear. We know it does in culture because you see how the influencer market, that's that's its own industry now, just being an influence on social media. Have we appreciated how much that has changed? It's it's not just changing consuming sports. It's changing the business model of sports. It's changing how the athletes react because now we, we've seen it with certain ones. They, they get very online and it affects their performance. I don't think we really have a handle on just how much this has changed the last few years, have we? No, and I think you see it a lot with uh, sort of the fake stories that get ran with a lot of times on social media. You know, back in the day, back in my day, yeah. um, you had Mad Magazine, you got Onion Now, you know, satire, satirical print things that you knew were fake. You knew they were there for, for entertainment purposes. Now you'll have uh, Twitter handles, Facebook pages and profiles and things of that nature that share fake information as their uh, – as their their main objective, that's what they're doing. They're just there to do that, not to make you laugh, not to they're, they're to, there to deceive you. Like there is a a uh, satirical site for a, a coach in the NCAA, or I'm sorry, a basketball. It's, it's NBA, a coach parody Twitter handle. Won't say the name, um, but it's constantly talking about quote unquote inside information. And I've seen these stories get picked up three, four times in the past two months. And then had to be just, you know, let go. And that's one of the funniest things to see how t- how many times, and we see this in, in general news, how many times a story gets picked up, but then just gets thrown by the wayside because it comes to find out it wasn't what it was presented as in the first place. Um, mm. it's, it's, it's dangerous because one of the things that I heard about social media is we were never supposed to know everybody's thoughts like this, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, yeah. just, it's just not natural for us to have this much connectivity with everybody. And the danger part is, like you said, everybody can have the information, but then everybody also has an opinion. And it's as, as tyrannical and backwards thinking as it sounds, without proper mediation, without the proper group settings for everybody to kind of, you know, rein each other in, that one thought can run wild in a dark corner and become January 6th. Like, <laughs> like yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 it spirals out of control now because the internet is so expansive. There's no way... To, to to keep the bad things from multiplying in the dark corner. You just yeah. can't. It's the same thing in the sports world. When a bad story pop, pops out, it's gone before it can be retracted because people want to see salacious headlines as it is. Yeah. Or in case we just saw in the NFL, old news becomes new news. We had the John Gruden thing that came out mm-hmm. of the email investigation. Oddly enough, it was they were actually going after the Washington football team and uh, everybody's favorite owner, Dan Snyder, and Gruden kind of got caught up in it. And, of course, we could go down the rabbit hole of why his stuff got out and nobody else's did. That's another topic for another day. But that's a pretty good example of that stuff all happened, you know, 2010. This stuff is decades old in some cases. And all of a sudden, it's the leading story for the biggest sport in America for the better part of a week. It cost him his job, which probably was fair with what was in those emails. Um that's just one of those examples. Like that was an email from 10, 12 years ago. And look how that exploded on everybody. Yeah. I think when you, when you talk about the amount of attention that it got, I think that's when you can't necessarily make it a separate conversation as to why his got out and started anybody else. I think those two things are very connected Um, because the NFL is king, right? They dominate TV ratings. They dominate the narrative whenever anything is happening. This is no different. Um, And so for something like you said, decades old, to me, the bigger thing is it's not necessarily that Gruden said that he got fired. You use a company email to spew things like that. 
man, it, you know, consequences are come with actions. That's that's how it goes. But it's decades old. And for me, and to hear all the stories about players saying that they don't feel that he is that way and all the things that have happened, you know, since then, I would wager a guess that he's not the only one. So why is he getting so much attention instead of everybody? Why are we doing more of a deep dive? Then why are you stopping there? If it's such a big deal, this should be a lead wide problem or a lead wide uh, uh, investigation for more stuff like this. If that's, if that was your intent here. Yeah. Clearly to me, the intent was to dis- deflect attention from what's going on with Snyder because he's been in battle for since he got the team basically. Yeah. And now with the name change and people wanting to sell all, all together, you know, we know the NFL is very much a, uh, a, a billionaire boys club, a tight knit group. And so it would not surprise me one bit to see a sacrificial lamb come out of that situation. Again, mm-hmm. though, I always just come back to what is everybody else saying? And the thing to, to get a let's, let's get above that and look down for just a second. The thing is, and, and again, I don't know that people fully realize it because we just love to watch the games on Sundays, but the NFL is so mad. This isn't just a sport anymore. This is the most popular TV show on four different networks every single week. This is billions and billions of dollars. This is a multinational company now. This is a this is an entertainment company. This this is almost transcended just sports how big the NFL is. And now when you look at the the demographics the NFL are pushing out where you know it's like 4852-4951 male female uh, viewership fan base now. You talk about the now we've got the gambling legalized and expanded. The NFL is so much bigger than just a sport now. It's a cultural behemoth. So the idea that they don't need to house clean on known issues going back years and years and years, and we know you know all the different things that the NFL has fought over, this is a lot bigger than just a sport. This is a big chunk of culture now, isn't it? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It, like you said, it's decade. It's a decade old. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he was getting responses back. This is permeated throughout the league. That this is not like you said, it's just, this is a, an issue that speaks to a larger problem. And yes. you just saw just what was it last week? I believe it was the NFL agreed to end race based uh, cognitive testing for 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 medical coverage after playing careers are done. Yeah, they were they were uh, assuming that black players began at a lower cognitive ability level to start off when they did their testing. So they would rarely get awarded money uh, when when those decisions were being made. That kind of stuff was not only at that level, but it was also at the coaching level. So you're getting it from the top, right? From the decision, the ultimate decision makers, and you're getting it from the guys who are having direct impact on the players' lives and careers. That's not a problem. Yeah. And and the problem is, and just looking at it from somebody that's, you know, I think about when I was in management and I'm a supervisor, when you're the leader, the fact that that was something that was a rule, something like that, that means it was so ingrained that it nobody even bothered to stop and think about it. That's really, when you start talking about ingrained problems that are just so ingrained, people don't even notice them anymore. That's the level that that stuff has gotten to when it gets like that. Because it's not like people didn't, you know, it's like the emails, like you're talking about, it's not like people didn't know, like these, these buildings are tight knit group. Like <laughs> pe- who, who you know, the first thing that threw a flag in my mind was like, well, wait a minute, who did the email go? Like the first reporting question would be like, who's <laughs> right. who was courtesy copied? And what you know, did they say back? Well, those of us that have worked in the corporate, you know, blind copy is your, I never sent an email to anybody that mattered that wasn't blind (laughs) copied to somebody because I need my Pearl Harbor file to cover my own tail. Mm -hmm. Let's just be real here. Like (laughs) where did all that, but, but then when you deal with something like that, you deal with a Dan Snyder, which there's some really ugly stuff in the Washington football team, uh, not just racial stuff, but the cheerleading, the fans are involved. There's the cheerleading stuff where they're talking about the cheerleaders are uh, alleging abuse of just some really horrific stuff, really. Now, we found out this past week that Congress wants to get involved, and I'm kind of rolling my eyes at that because anytime you have a congressional hearing, you've just you've gone into the realm of kabuki, of just performative, and I don't think anything. Well, at least we know that they're that. at least we know that they're focused. At least we know that they're focused on the big issues. We know yeah. that they're 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 locked in and they're buckling down and getting things done for the country. I mean, I remember, but you know, I remember sitting through the steroid hearings when the baseball thing, and we had the fun stuff like you know Mark McGuire talking about God-given ability and Sammy Sosa forgetting to speak English in front of the senator and this sort. He like, couldn't talk English. Like it was just a miracle, but but like, but it goes to the problem of 
this is how big the NFL is, is that as soon as this pops off, now Congress wants to get in on it because, like we said, let's start this off. Culture, politics, sports, it all goes together. It's a lot. Of, everything's about engagement now, and sports gets people engaged in a big hurry. When you start talking about the government getting involved in a congressional hearing and this Washington football team mess, how's that land with you? Because I, I see that as just going further and further from, like we just said, basic journalism questions. Who sent an email? How many people knew about the email? How many people in other organizations use this same kind of language? And we're going to go in this performative direction instead. That takes, in my mind, that takes us farther from getting to the root cause problem and fixing it than getting closer. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's at this point, it's probably out of control. Frankenstein's monster. Um, they've let it go unchecked for quite some time, despite constant uh, complaints of such things happening. There was an entire debacle. <laughs> the entire Colin Kaepernick saga happened and they just ended race-based cognitive testing last week. <laughs> like last if that week. doesn't tell you that there's a, there's a disconnect between last week. Yeah. 2021, they so finally figured out that, it doesn't you know, t- uh, and he hasn't played in what, three years now. So it, it there's, there's longer. a clear disconnect between what people are saying and what they're, they're taking in from that, from that complaint. And that is a fundamental problem, not just for them, but for the country. So again, the NFL is not just about football. It's no. not just even entertainment. It is at this point about the way of life in this country because we've kind of ingrained it into our day-to-day and vice versa. Well, the NFL did that on purpose. The NFL, you know, when you're going to open this, when you're going to turn it into a patriotic thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. I'm, I'm all, you know, I love my country. I love my patriotism. But that was the marketing scheme for the last 10, 15 years. So when you start ingraining all that stuff, you're opening the door to be like, Okay, we're going to star spangle everything that that's opened the door for a lot of this stuff. But part of being an American is I love my country, but I can say, hey, we've got some stuff that we haven't dealt with and we haven't cleaned up and we haven't really even addressed or, you know, just we haven't even discussed a lot of it for a lot of folks. So when they went down that road, when you have a majority minority league, when it comes to at least the players this stuff was inevitably going to come up and those two things were going to crash. It was inevitable, wasn't it? Well, this goes back to the social media part of it. So yeah. you spent all that time being reaffirmed in your beliefs, right? No matter what they are, you're, you're only because your feed is designed to show you stuff that you are going to agree with or sharply disagree with to keep you sharply disagreeing with it. It's made, you're going to stay, you're going to see what you are supposed to see. So when you finally go out into the open world and you're confronted with conflicting viewpoints, then you see what we have now. We've gotten away from from respect, respectfully disagreeing, right? And one of the things, <laughs> I remember being a kid and, and my mom used to always tell me, my, my fiance says it to me now, we're going to have to agree to disagree. I hate it. I hate it so much, but it's so yeah. true because that's how, that's the only way you can get through life that's going to be full of conflicts. But you have to, see, we have to do this together. That's the, that's the, that's the thing that people don't seem to want to admit here. We got to get through this together. So I, I've never understood why, a simple disagreement on a viewpoint, not necessarily on an action, but even just a viewpoint would lead us to be so ugly to each other. But I mean, it's been happening for forever. Again, none of this is new. It's no. just amplified because of the the way media is, how large the NFL is because of social media. And we use it as an avatar because it's easier to run it through that filter than doing anything where we ourselves would have to actually sit and look and and start loading some of the blame on our own shoulders or on our ancestors' shoulders and talking about it, it's easier to just throw it at them them rich athletes over there on TV because it doesn't hurt me any and I can turn the TV off whenever I want to and walk away. So it's really kind of a, a socially cowardice way to do it. And it's it when you're a spectator sport, it just there's a real tendency to spectate on everything, but representative government in the United States of America was not designed to be a spectator sport. It just wasn't. No, no. And no. And it, we've let it become that over the years. And then we try to exercise our right to have an, in, in a say in that in the public square. And that's not the place for it. the public square is to debate the idea. And then you take it to the vote. But we want to kind of litigate things after the fact when they don't come out our way, no matter what it is. Again, it's funny because anybody can take that and, and think that it goes one side or the other. But it really does apply to everyone and every kind of situation. There's there's a danger in having this, like I said, having the, the internet bring you something that you agree with immediately without you even having to ask, right? You talk about it, about a product and it's in your Facebook feed. So yeah. like this kind of stuff is, you gotta be really smart about when you are taking in this stuff, what are you retaining and what, how are you using it, period? There was a ancillary 
item that came out of the Gruden thing that speaks directly to that, how we get our information. Um, Adam Schefter caught a couple rounds on social media and elsewhere uh, because it came out that he was running story. I think running story is a little harsh, and I, I think Schefter kind of got kicked in the head for something that's widespread, but you're a sports journalist, mm-hmm. so you can explain it to me. Sports journalism, and we have this same problem in culture and politics that I cover, like the White House press corps. Politics has really become, you know, access journalism. Sports has become access journalism. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was like, okay, you can you can throw rocks at Shefty all day about you know taking care of his source, but the story. But you're the ones demanding all this inside info, and you want to be the first one on Twitter, and you want to be the first one on your discussion board with all this inside info. That's how you get it. But there's a there's goes back to what you just said. That access journalism and how that system works. That's shaping a lot of this discourse of how people are treating you. They're going to war over information that has to be, you know, assaged just to get it out in the first place. So it's not like they got the whole story anyway. Exactly. And it's funny because he called him Mr. Editor. And we all assumed that, you know, he was taking bits and pieces out of the story from there. Or people assumed that he was taking bits and pieces out of the story for that to protect I, him. I'm a writer. I promise you that is not always a term of endearment. <laughs> that rarely. Right. <laughs> so my first thought on that, my first thought on that was like, okay, well, we know that that's not the case because look at all the stories that have come out about them since then. Like, clearly that did not help. <laughs> on top of that, though, let's not act like we don't know how these guys are. These are high profile figures. If you don't, if you say that you've never schmoozed and hobnobbed with somebody to get access, then you probably are not very far in life. That's just how it goes. And again, Schefter has done a lot of work. I'm not going to say that I would ever have put Mr. Editor in an email. That probably is a bit a step too far above and beyond. Um, But again, what he said, running them past to make sure that it was accurate isn't uncommon. No. And uh, it's not like he ran cover. He didn't. I, I just don't see how there was any benefit to him doing it. Like if if, if all the stuff that come out about Bruce Allen now, and then we found that email from Shepard, that would be different. But because we know that it's been bad and it's been bad for a long time around Bruce Allen, that's just kind of like, yeah, no. All right. And as you see, though, that story is kind of also blown a little bit over because people are just like, yeah, whatever. Bad choice of words, but probably not as <laughs> definitely not as bad as what else is in those emails. No, no. But I. I thought it was instructive, though, on how even the most plugged in and engaged people sometimes don't understand, you know, it's like your water supply. Like people talk about, you know, bad water. I'm from West Virginia. Let me tell you about some bad water problems and environmental issues. But it's like people don't understand the water's bad until they start drinking. It's like you don't understand you're using all this information and you're going to the mat on social media over it. You need to understand the process, how you get that information before you start trying to, you know, go to war with your friends and family over it. I just I thought it was an instructive moment, though, of just watching people like, wow, a lot of these people really don't have any idea what they're talking about, frankly. So to tie it in with sports, it's a got It's the gotcha culture. Just like yeah. every big play, you see the players pointing and celebrating. We want that in every single moment now. I don't know if if maybe you want to uh, consider instant gratification, but I just think it's all just gotcha. We want to have the one upsmanship. We want to be the the big dog in the moment. And it's it's eroding society because we're supposed to be looking out for each other, but we just kind of want to get over each other. (laughs) Yeah. One other thing about the NFL before we move off it, though, how much has the spread and legalization and diversification of gambling changed the NFL? Because this a lot of people thought this would be a rocket pack to the NFL popularity. I was one of them. I was like, this this is going to do what it's done for soccer in Europe, where you can literally sit in your seat and bet on the game while it's going on. How much has the gambling stuff changed it? Because we're starting to get the numbers now. Uh, you're getting more diverse people watching. You're getting longer engagement in games that don't really matter because now you got to watch the end of the game. It's it's almost like what fantasy football did in the early days. Now it's you know times twenty because everybody's got money on it. Uh, this again is changing how sports is covered it's changing how people consume it and it's definitely changing the engagement from what we're seeing on the numbers out of it aren't it yeah no and you nailed it by saying it's changing the diversity of who's watching and that's where you see the the explosion in the uh influence of the nfl right it's not just sports fans who are kind of most sports fans are probably they are who they are but a lot of people who are casual sports fans are going to see something maybe they might take something different away from it so they see the protests that were happening and they thought that was continuing for forever when the protests largely died down rather quickly. But that story still kept on because it was a story and somebody wanted to read it. Yeah. Um, I think it's the same thing. It's 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 weird, man. The NFL's grown so fast. 
I just feel like we're at a Frankenstein's monster part where whatever comes out of this all, you kind of have to just try to be better going forward because I don't know how you rectify stuff that's going to be decades in the past. It's going to be years of heartache. How do, they, how do they make it up to those families that they denied money to for that cognitive testing? How do you make that up to them? That's oh. that's that's billions of dollars that you owe to those people. Oh, yeah. And there's no watch, there's no getting you watch like the documentaries like on webster and these guys who just literally lost their minds and just decayed both mentally and physically and and just the horrific horror stories because they didn't they didn't know back then and i don't i don't know that you could claim they didn't know because you know we're we're plugged in and this is still like the last 10 years or so that everybody started really understanding what head injuries do i don't know how everybody gets bowed up when they hear words like reparation or retribution but i don't know how you have that much money just optically and morally if nothing else like at some point they're just going to have to write a really big check to a whole lot of people aren't they you would think so uh, but they've done a good job of not doing that so far. <laughs> so I wouldn't. I mean, I really don't know why they did. Like that. the money they got, I don't know why they didn't just go. Okay, here's six hundred million and make it go away. Like just for their own good, not having to talk about. It, you think they just write a go away check or something? I really don't understand the obstinance of it. Other than you, maybe they're worried there's more there underneath it, maybe, which is possible. That, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So they they talked about the settlement with Kaepernick and Eric Reed and how they why they settled, why those who settled, why the NFL was so willing to settle. And a large part of why people felt the NFL was willing to settle was discovery. They didn't want any of this kind of stuff coming out. And the scope, the just think of how much this is about to unleash, and then multiply it times thirty two because it was going to be for every team. Like so, they didn't want to have that happen. And that to me is just reinforcing what I was saying earlier of with this Gruden stuff. That's not even tip of the iceberg. That is the glimmer of the iceberg off in the distance, right? Because there is so much yeah. more there to this story. And Gruden, for better or for worse, is the scapegoat right now. Yeah, I I don't think Gruden's like the the final boss of this by any means. I think he's just he not to excuse any of his behavior because you know the, look, let's be real clear here. If he, any company in America, if he does that exact same thing, he's fired that day on the spot. Gone with it, like Gone. immediately. Mm-hmm. You're fired. So it's not. So, excusing what he's doing at all. Real quick, though. Yeah, go ahead. Real quick, though, to your point about that, to your point about that, he didn't get fired. Exactly. <laughs> That's the he, point. Though. He's been around for forever. <laughs> this is another example when we had, you know, we're dealing with these abuse stories or dealing with corruption stories. You know, what's the first thing that happens after the dam burst? Oh, everybody knew. You know, well, everybody knew they just didn't. Like, <laughs> this is this is definitely We've been telling everybody. Them they this is an everybody new thing. And then you put the racial component in it where it's, you know, almost all white owners. It's almost mostly white coaches. And then predominantly, you know, majority minority players. Those issues, you, you've just got a cauldron waiting to boil over at any given time. And the more you try to cover it up, I think the more it's going to bubble. Because now the, power, the players have power. They're looking at the NBA. They're looking at these other sports going, well, wait a minute. We we got power now, too. We got social media. We got, you know, a union. We got all this other. And by the way, there's a, you know, the union vote for leadership's up, too. That was no small part to this either. So let, let's not be children here. There's a reason that the the emails about Demarius Smith specifically got out. But let's mm-hmm. that's another topic for another day. But this this stuff all goes together. I think the players in the NFL, there's a culture shift where, Football was always the ultimate coach sport. And that's, I think that's gone now because these players have power. They've got money. Now you're going to have the college kids coming in with money that, you know, especially the stars with the mm-hmm. NFT stuff. There's a big culture shift going, and the, the coaching and executive levels are going to be slow to catch up with it. And I think it's going to burn a lot of guys because that old, that old school mentality just ain't going to fly in corporate NFL America that we talked about. Where, again, this ain't a sport anymore. This is the number one TV show. This is a brand. That stuff just ain't going to fly. And when it gets put out in the light, uh, you're going to get burned every single time now. Yeah, and you know what? I equated. Now you said you want to switch real quick. So let me real quick. I'll tell you the story. Like, or okay. I, I equated to to the Bears and and Matt Nagy. Right. One of the things that they say about Matt Nagy, his saving grace, is that he hasn't lost a locker. He hasn't lost a locker. Well, this year you've seen uh, two guys, two three guys get kicked out of games. You had a player post his fine for being late on uh, on social media. You've had players liking posts about the offense being inept and things that if things that, that wouldn't necessarily uh, screen control over the locker room. My point to that was as these young guys come in, they are further and further away from that one successful season in 2018. And they have less yeah. and less of a built in respect for him as a leader. 
And so you see the younger guys losing because they don't care because they weren't there for that. And it's the same thing in the NFL as a whole. It's like you said, these young guys come in with money and they see the players ahead of them have say, while the current NFL players see the NBA guys have say, that's definitely going to have an impact. And it's just, it's not, uh, um, like you said, not the old days anymore. And as we know, older people are slower to change, if at all. Right. Uh, we mentioned the NBA and how the, the NFL players are kind of a little envious of the, the star power the NBA gets. Uh, every offseason, the NBA seems to be very soap opera driven because it is a personality based league. The main character of this offseason was undoubtedly Kyrie Irving. Uh, he, he's still not playing, which I'm fine with, by the way, because my boy Javon Carter's getting some run. Uh, good West Virginia point guard. Just give him a little shout out because he's not playing real well, but he at least got to play. But anyway, Kyrie Irvin was the, you know, the main character here and it got picked up by a lot of people. I know you've been talking about it on your podcast. I, I kind of feel, I hate to say I feel bad for him because he's doing this on purpose. So, you know, he's a grown man. He's got to make his decision. I really don't think he understands the implications of what he's doing and how bad actors on the outside are using the things he does. What's your read on it? You know, obviously he's standing for what he thinks. He's he's entitled to do that. He's got the money to do it. He's leaving money on the table. I think this gets resolved in the next couple of days, but we'll see what happens. What's your read on this? Because it certainly did blow up across sports and got into the culture debate in a big way. So I, I would say that I don't even think that he is worried about what other people are, people are going to take from his message. Um, I think he feels that all he can do is give it and then it happens. Whatever happens with it from there happens. Um, he went on Instagram live to try to clear things up not that long ago um, after it got picked up by numerous government officials uh, trying to recruit him to come to their state and then uh, um, this, that, and the third. And one of the things that he tried to make the clearest was that he was not an anti-vaxxer and that he's never been an anti-vaxxer. And the problem with what he was going through in my eyes, again, my opinion only, was that he was saying this and making some very salient points, but then he was following it up, or then you have to juxtapose that with his his liking and sharing of misinformation across social media platforms. Right. Um, and so, again, when those are the only two images that you have of him sharing those and then him not getting the vax, that's going to form your opinion one way. But if you heard him speak, you could hear a guy who was really just trying to get it uh, an, a clearer understanding of it because in his mind, it all happened really fast. Um, I think that the people who took advantage or who latched onto it, we know that they only are in it for their own interest because those are the same. Those are typically the shut up and dribble people. Um, yep, exactly. And I laugh because again, like you said, we can't act like you can't inter intertwine in sports and politics because they always are. Um, and uh, with for Kyrie, and let me say that I, I, don't have any problem with what he's doing. You want to take that stance, that's fine. As the NBA has said, they don't have a problem with it. It's his issue is with the state of New York. So there are some details here. The, the, there's one. Um, somebody was talking about him calling himself, comparing himself to, to Muhammad Ali. He never did. There's a great no. video from a former uh, Duke point guard, Jay Williams, on this, talking about how the, the comment came from Stefan Marbury in the IG live post. But that was the headline. Kyrie thinks he's the new Ali. And it's the... He's never said that, just like he's never said that he was anti-vax or that he wouldn't end up. He's not getting it now. There's there's that 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 quick nature of social media being our new news platform and people wanting to be confirmed in their beliefs. Yeah. That's that's how you get this now, because in all honesty, Kyrie is one of a handful of players who was unvaccinated. The other yeah. night there was a game and he couldn't play, but the visiting team had a player who was unvaccinated and they could play. Yeah. This is all sorts of backwards, and it's not getting resolved because it's so polarized. I think it's even more than just affirmation. I think we're just avataring everything. So instead of just, others. yeah, so they just, when Kyrie jumps up, now he's automatically the avatar for the anti-vax folks, and he's the avatar for, for people that are against the anti-vax folks. Like, they just, grab the, they just grab the loudest voice and just start chasing that monster instead of whatever the issue is. And, and you know, again... He's, he's got his money. He's, he, it's not like he's going to miss a meal here or anything. He can make his own decisions, but I think these, I think it goes to, you know, we, we can rail about the media and I do that some too, 
But at the end of the day, the media is reacting to what we want them to watch because they're, they're, they're trying to feed us what we want. And we want this and people want to just avatar everything and chase that instead of discussing the issues. And I think, I think that's the hole that the Kyrie Irving situation fell into where I don't think it matters what he says on IG now because he's just he's Mm-mm. he's a symbol now to these folks. They're not going to listen either which Mm-mm. way. At least that's my opinion. Well, Kyrie was one of the loudest voices during the bubble of of with the whole their their wokeness campaign that people hated so much. He was one of the top guys then too. How 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 much difference a couple of years makes? Like it's not it's it's really funny how short our memories are when we hear stuff that we like. And like you said, it wouldn't matter what he said. It doesn't matter what he says now. I just think that this is another case. People's lives are boring, man. <laughs> you know, I we get. That, well, we mine's that not. Drama. I stay busy, but these. I, it's like our trolls <laughs> that show up on my commenting section every morning. I got to go in and delete their VPN they set up that morning, which takes me one minute. It took them twenty. I don't know why. Every morning, same people, same three or four <laughs> thing. I'm like, don't you people have lives? I don't. But I guess that goes back to the thing I was just talking about: avataring. This is how people want to feel like they're a part of the wider world. And I can sit back with some perspective and maybe maturity or life experience and go, no, you're just, you know, yeah, you feel like you're accomplishing something, but you're just gerbil on the wheel, wearing yourself out and not going anywhere. But a lot of folks, this, I think this is their life now. They just live vicariously through this stuff. And like you were saying earlier, they can get, they can get spoon fed what they want and nothing else. And even though we have media platforms like you and me do, we can write, we can do when somebody just wants to be spoon fed and nothing else. I don't know. There's a whole lot we can do for them other than just put the truth out and hope they find their way back. Cause once you get into that hole, I don't, I don't know as media creators, there's a whole lot we can do about it. Is there? No. And that's what the internet, that's it. That's all it is. The only time that you are back and forth. Well, let me say not, not the only time, but the majority of the time, if you're having a back and forth, it's a disagreement with somebody that's not going to change their viewpoint anyway. Yeah. And that like it's a rabbit hole, man, and it'll it'll drain you, and it, it it festers and it grows, and then you see it permeate throughout the rest of society. It's really sad because it should be a great way to share different viewpoints and have them in a in a neutral space, right, where you can actually have it be out there. But everything that you say gets weaponized. I've had articles that have had a mistake, and somebody attacked me and and went all in, and I was like, man, sorry, like what else you want me to say? <laughs> like, I, yeah. my bad, I was tired. Like, but that person, I mean, multiple tweets, all caps, where they were tagging people. And I'm like, oh, my bad, be blessed. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. it's, 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 it's odd, but that's how it is now. It's like a bar after 1 a.m. Nothing good happens after the third tweet. Like, it, that's, that's just <laughs> that's where I'm right. at with, with very few, like with people I know that are in my circle or what, like, I, I don't go past one or two tweets usually on any, even if I'm, you know what, you know what part of this is? I was talking to a younger writer. I've been kind of mentoring the other day. I was like, you know, the real art form to this is learning to just be content and being right. Like if you're right and you know, you're right and you've got the right information. Why, why are you going to expend energy trying to convince somebody else that you're right? If you know, you're right, just be content in it. And people have a hard time doing that on social media, especially in sports, especially in politics. But we need more of that because that's where your confidence comes from. And I think a lot of that argument stuff is just people that I really think it's either a confidence thing or an attention thing, or they just maybe I think somewhere in the heart of hearts, they know maybe they're not where they need to be on certain issues. I think that's where some of that comes from, because like I just and I fail at it, too, because I'm human. But I, I try really hard to be like, if I know I'm right, I'll say that I'm right. I'll write me 1800 words on it and publish it somewhere. And then I just let it stand for yes. itself. You know, you just got to let, you know, late great Denny Green, it, it is what we thought it was. You know, just let the score be what it is. Let the stat be what it is. And you just got to kind of live with it at some point, don't we? Yeah. You know, I that is one of the, the blessings of being able to write is that you can get that thought out in, in such a fashion where you can express yourself fully and not in the sloppy fashion that can happen on social media. I, uh, I had an uncle that used to say, if you're arguing with a fool, there are now two fools. Yep. <laughs> so I think that that's one thing that I, I try to take in whenever I have an interaction with somebody. I have a, a sports group where a guy is constantly just trying to throw stuff out. And I'm like, dude, I know you know more than this to be coming at me. So I've gotten to my point where I just have to ignore it. I just scroll past it. That's that's yeah. what we don't do enough of. We we feel like we have to engage with everything and, and react on everything, despite having little to no information on most of it. <laughs> yeah, the country fought hillbilly version of that was you have a righteous donkey and a wicked donkey arguing in a field, but from a distance, the farmer just sees two jackasses, you know. So, <laughs> um, a lot of wisdom in that, my friend. 
This is great. We need to do this again. Uh, Josh Bogcaller, uh, let people know where they can find you. I follow you on social media. You're on, you have the triple zero podcast, but let people know where they can find you and your stuff and uh, more of your great insight and opinions and your non-hot takes as you like to call them. Well, Andrew, I appreciate you having me on. I look forward to doing it again. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh G. Buck, uh, Facebook page as well. You can also hit up the uh Website, clockersports.com. And then the the podcast Twitter is at three zeros pod. That's at the number three zeros and pod. That's also the Facebook handle. And then, uh, man, I'm there all the time. I'm always sharing my stuff from from my my beats from the Hawks, the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Bears. So um, check that out. And the podcast is available on all major platforms. Now, usually we try to end these on some kind of because we have to do, you know, we do a lot of heavy topics with politics and, you know, mm-hmm. some really dark stuff. Sometimes this has been a little lighter, but. Uh, I, I have to go the other way with you because something historic happened this past week. Uh, I know you're a Chicago guy. Uh, I know you're a Bears guy. I hate to bring this up, but it was historic. When Tom Brady shows up on social media with his own bulletin board material before the game and starts talking a little smack, you, you kind of had to know, like, uh-oh, the, the, this is not a good sign because oh. Tom never talks and, like, He's out here calling his shot before the game. That hadn't really happened very often. You you kind of had to know, yeah that that was not going to end well. Oh oh, we we knew last year. <laughs> we knew when they beat him last year and had him thrown with those four fingers that this was going to come back to bite us. Okay, so there were no there was no misconceptions here. We were upset with how it happened, but we all knew what was going to happen. <laughs> Brady's out here cutting a he's cutting a wrestling promo before Reed. I'm like, oh, that's not good. That's- he's he's congratulating Aaron Rodgers for for cutting us up. I'm like, oh man. Then, and then I don't know if you caught this, but Peyton Manning then congratulated him. So like now it's a whole thing between all the great quarterbacks that they're just like chain reaction off the Bears. Like it's bad. It's all bad. No, you know what that is. That's that's when you were in school and the the one guy got in a fight and then you start like. Hey, I know he whooped him, but I bet you I can whoop him too. Watch this. And then, <laughs> <laughs> but they're all right. That's the thing. They're all right. <laughs> I I I hope they give Fields a chance. I do. He. I I really hope they don't. You know, car that poor kid. Uh, give him some. Give him. He probably doesn't need to be playing on a bad team, but uh, I think he might have a chance. It's so bad. Hopefully, they don't have- kill him. It's so bad now that the majority opinion on Mitch Trubisky has now changed. It may not be that he was good, but it's definitely that he was not done right while in this town. That's a that's a massive undertaking to get that opinion to change. That just lets you know how how far below the depths this team has actually sunk in day to day operation. Yeah, I I still think if he would have just stayed Mitch and not tried to do the Mitchell thing, he would have been okay. But that's another podcast for another day. But Josh Buckhalter, you're <laughs> the best man. Podcast. I appreciate you. Hey, I'll come on your podcast and take up the Mitch Mitchell debate anytime, my friend. Yeah, just let me know. I'll be there prepped up. <laughs> we'll have to do it. Josh Buckholder, you've been great. Uh, thank you for helping me out with some technical issues. You were fantastic, and I appreciate your time, sir. My pleasure. Let's do it again. You know, back at the beginning of our talk, Josh brought up Jesse Owens, the great Olympian who won four gold medals at the 1936 Olympic Games. And as a black man to do that in Nazi Germany, in Berlin, in front of Hitler, was an amazing feat, not just athletically, but of courage and determination and overcoming, and he's been rightly praised through history. But as we talk about sports and culture and politics and how issues like race and social strife kind of bubble up underneath those things, and we use sports as a medium to talk about it, we got to remember how the rest of that story played out. Jesse Owens came home to a country where... The president of the time didn't even acknowledge his win. It was not until Dwight D. Eisenhower, 20 years later, gave him recognition as an ambassador of sport. He came home to a country where he couldn't ride in the front of a bus. He came back to segregation. He came back to where he couldn't have endorsement deals and things like this that a modern athlete enjoys. And when he was criticized publicly for racing a racehorse, an actual horse, in a publicity stunt that he was paid for, he said, quote, people say that it was degrading for an Olympic champion to run against a horse, but what was I supposed to do? At four gold medals, but you can't eat four gold medals. There was no television, no advertising, no endorsements then. Not for a black man anyway, end quote. Thankfully, the athletes of today have all sorts of opportunities like that, endorsement deals, uh, ways to make money, platforms. And even more than that, they have their social media platforms that they can not only advocate for themselves, but they can talk about issues that bother them, whether they're social issues, political issues, their charity work, or whatever else it is. 
And what's come from that is people have to listen to their athletes. Athletes are not just on a Wheaties box. They're not just something you watch on the TV and turn off. Athletes are always going to be front and center in our culture now because we've built them up as celebrities, and they've found out that it gives them power to speak on things like culture and political issues. And some folks don't like that, and that's okay. This is America. We still have freedom of speech. But like Josh and I were talking about, the social media age means if you just intake things that you agree with and never get challenged in your beliefs when you run into something like an athlete who has a platform where you cannot ignore them, it's going to cause tension in the society. The lesson there is not to criticize the athletes. The lesson there is not to criticize the platforms. The lesson there is that we're going to have to all learn to live together a little bit better. We use sports because we can spectate and yell and cheer, but we don't actually get tired and dirty and injured like the athletes do. We're treating our politics a little bit too much like that lately, and it's spilling over on how we treat each other. So next time we have a big debate that's in sports that starts to cross over into culture and politics, whether it's a scandal or a political opinion or whatever the case may be, probably the best thing for us to do is to take a step back and realize that it's just people talking and everything, whether it's sports or politics or culture, is people driven. And we're all just people. And life is short. Sports seasons go fast. Years of your life go fast. And the things that we're really, really going to the wall for today might not matter quite as much down the road a little bit with some perspective. Just think over all the different scandals in sports over the last few years. How many of them right now, without thinking really hard of them, can you really draw up that you might have been really hot and bothered with on social media? Are they that important now? Are they going to be in five years? Are they going to be in ten years? Perspective's hard in sports because we're trying to win the game now or win a championship this season or whatever the case may be. But athletes, one of the reasons they're so outspoken is an athletic career is very, very short. And life is short as well. In fact, Jesse Owens himself said in the late 60s, it all goes so fast, and character makes the difference when it's close. He wasn't just talking about a race. That's it for Hertel for this time. Thank my friend Josh Buckhalter for joining us. Make sure you find him on his social media platforms. He has great insight, has a good way of dealing with sports without getting into some of the more nuttier stuff that might drive some folks crazy. And he has the patience of Joe because he is a Chicago sports fan. So support Josh, find him out. Wherever you're finding these programs, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're getting your podcast, please make sure to leave a comment and a rating. Those are really important to let folks know that what we're doing is worth their time. We have more programs lined up, really exciting guests, topics that matter, turning down the noise of the news cycle to get to the information that actually matters, talking to knowledgeable guests that know what they're talking about, and maybe getting perspectives on things that we're just not getting in a news media environment where everybody just seems to be repeating each other. We're getting into election season. We're getting into Christmas. We're getting into the first of the year and the midterms next year. There's going to be plenty to talk about. And we want to make sure that you stay with us so we can all talk about it together. So wherever this is finding you across the street or around the world, we hope you're well. We hope you're well fed. And we hope you and yours are blessed and happy. And until we talk to you again on Herd Tell, y'all take care. All the music on Hertel is provided under a creative content license from MonsterCat.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.